Hello, friends. Thanks for tuning in. I want to talk about our definitions of love and then so how we love and then who we love and what that looks like depending on the person and the situation. So first of all, we do not have enough words in English for love. Now in Greek, they have phileo love, which is brotherly love. There is eros love, which is sensual erotic love. And then there is agape love, which is unconditional Christ-like love. In English, we do have the word, um, we have the words appreciate, we have the words affection, um, and I think both of those, um, would fall, for the most part, they would fall under the category of brotherly love, phileo love, um, and a lot of times love is used to mean um, erotic love, but um, unfortunately, given the amount of abuse that's going on in our world these days, a lot of times when the word love quote-unquote, is used in that context, it's actually very, very selfish. Um, And there are times when we can feel affection or appreciation for people, but actually not be loving them at all because we're selfish behind that. And that is not comfortable to talk about, so... We're gonna we're gonna wade into that. Sort of like instead of jumping in the pool all at once, we're gonna, you know, step in with our ankles and then go up to our knees and then wade in slowly so we, we get the full effect and eventually we, we put our hand out of the water and we get surrounded with it, but we're we're gonna walk forward into this gently. So first of all, so that's a little bit about how we love. Now who do we love? Well, scripture tells us to love our neighbors. And there was a lawyer who asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And I don't know this for sure, but it's quite possible that his motive was to try and narrow down the list of, well, do I have to love everybody? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus basically said, your neighbor is anyone you bump into at any point in time in your life. For that five seconds that you're at that restaurant, on this public transportation, the person next to you is your neighbor. Period. Now that is way broad, which is very overwhelming to people like me who actually like want to try and show affection to every person they interact with in their entire life. Like That's just not humanly possible. I mean, Jesus did it, but he was God in the flesh. So... Not humanly possible, but we're, we're going to try. And so what does it look like to love our neighbor? Well, it looks like when people in your apartment complex have movers helping them out, you offer those movers ice water and snacks, chips and salsa. Like, are you going to see those fellows ever, anytime again? No. Are you obligated to them? No. Do you even have to remember their name? No. But 
you get that brief window of time where you get to care for them and show Christ's love for them. Um, Similarly, I had contractors work on my plumbing and like they probably remember me to this day because of the mango ice cream I gave them. Um, I, at least I remember that mango ice cream to this day. It was, oh my gosh, South Florida mangoes, gift from God. So, so the person in front of you in line at the grocery store, the person behind you, um, I, I, I notice when someone is in their own world and doesn't even, you know, loads the groceries up on the, on the conveyor belt but then they don't even put the little divider stick behind them so I have to wait to put my groceries up until I can reach the stick and it whereas someone offered to hold my groceries or let my groceries sit in their cart because I I was at Aldi's and you have to rent carts at Aldi's um and so um the person behind me let me put their groceries in their cart so I didn't have to hold them for the entire duration of standing in line. And I remember that person to this day, and that was, oh gosh, a couple months ago, easily. Um, so those are the, the bump into neighbors, just being considerate of other people. And, and as a brief bit of context, that takes awareness of other people. That takes enough contentment with who you are and where you are in your life that your eyes are open to the needs of others around you. This is a very uncomfortable topic, but one of the conditions of being human is being oblivious. You know, we are born into this world needing to eat, sleep, and poop, and needing our diaper changed. And we are born in this world thinking it is all about us. That is just, that is scientific fact. That is how the chemicals in our brain are causing us to think at that young age. And God designed it that way so that if something bad happened to us, we would consider it as discipline or consequences for our own actions. Unfortunately, in the case of trauma and dysfunctional homes, and, you know, the most obvious example is when parents divorce, children often take responsibility for that. When it is not their responsibility and they were simply there and their child brain took responsibility because that's how they're wired, but it actually wasn't their responsibility. But in that way, we are wired to think that the world revolves around us and depending on how we were raised and or how God raised us and matured us, we will still think that it is all about us. We do not like to share by nature. There are some beautiful, rare examples, but those are the beautiful, rare examples by nature. We don't like to share. We, we care about our own comfort first. We care about our own emotions first. Um... I, I fall into the category of, of caring for other people, but at the same time, like, 
there's plenty of times where I care about my own emotions first and I'm oblivious. And if it's a very important process of being human to recognize, oh my gosh, I was oblivious in this area and now I'm not. And thank goodness I'm not. And to let God make that transformation in multiple areas of your life. Very important. Very important. So, um, the most important neighbor in my life is my husband. If I do not love my husband, then my love for other people is, is a joke compared to that. It's, it's a facade to make me feel good about myself when I, if I'm not loving my husband. Everything else is kind of a moot point. I, like, it doesn't matter how much goodwill you feel towards a picture of someone in National Geographic who's on the other side of the planet if you're mean to the people next to you. And scripture says very clearly that if you do not love your fellow man who is a human, who you can see and interact with, you, do, you don't love God. Period. I'm blanking out on where that is, but it's in the New Testament. And it's definitely in the Gospels. So... Words of Jesus. Yeah. Very heavy. Mm, okay, might not be Gospels. And I'm honestly, definitely New Testament. Sorry, I don't know the book. My bad. I need to get more in my Bible. But, you know, I'll know the whole Bible when I'm dead. But in the meantime, I'm just going to keep working on it. So if we don't love the human that we've seen, how can we love God who we have not seen? Definitely in the epistles, not the gospels. My bad. So, loving my husband. What does that look like? Well, my definition of love has a lot to do with hugging and kissing. And and my husband's definition of love, his definition of love is um, chicken alfredo with mushrooms and zucchini noodles. And um, being waited on, um, sweet tea ice cubes. Mm, it's a thing. It's a very wonderful thing. Um, his definition of love is a tidy house. Oh my goodness. So, um, something I'm proud of that I'm going to brag on. A success, if you will, in me loving my husband um, recently I did a film shoot and I fed him lunch and then I went to the bathroom and I did my hair and I did my makeup and I had enough organizational systems in my drawers that when I walked out of that bathroom, or at least when he came home that night, there was no evidence of me doing a full production in that bathroom. All of my hair supplies fit into these two trays in this one drawer. And my makeup fits in this box that goes under the sink. And then this other tray that sits in another drawer. And it's all very accessible. And it's all very easy to put away. And it's, it's miraculous. It is absolutely wonderful. And the bathroom and the closet are my current standards for myself for the rest of the house. Because Lord knows I've got a pile of boxes sitting by the admin desk. The admin desk does not have a free square inch on it. It's just piled in clutter. Um, there's clutter on the 
kitchen table. There's clutter on the the living room um, side table that we use for like when we eat in front of the TV. There's, oh my goodness, there's so much clutter in my house. So one of the very important ways that I love my husband is creating systems <laughs> up to par with the bathrooms and the bedroom closets, organizational standards, so that I can function efficiently and then clean things up and put them away and make it tidy and visually appealing. Um, And I know for myself, I think so much better and I feel so much better when my surroundings are clean and organized and tidy. And let me tell you something. I have, when I was dating Ben, we were we were long distance and we were friends and like at that point. Um, I told him, I am a recovering slob and here's video of my house to prove how messy it is. So I have a playlist on YouTube called Housekeeping. Uh, uh, YouTube.com slash MegLivingInsideOut. Go over to the playlist. Go check out Housekeeping. There is evidence of me living like a slob. So all of this progress that I'm telling you about, many years in the making. Many, many years. Um, another very important way that I want to show love to my husband is to initiate uh, intimacy. And um, that's been a really difficult area for us. So if you could pray about that, that'd be greatly appreciated. Um, but yeah, initiating and um, lo- all, lots of things that go into that that I really don't know how to talk about on this. And especially since Ben wants to keep that kind of private because it's kind of private. But at the same time, like... I have a friend who's single, and she's of the mindset, you know, I need people, I I am single, and I am celibate, and I need people to teach me about God's definition of sex, and now as a married person, I think back to when I was single and celibate, and I'm like, I am of the same opinion, I needed more people to tell me about God's design for sex when I was single and celibate, and nowhere anywhere close to being in a relationship. So, if my husband is the epitome of my neighbor, let's move on to the even more difficult person to love, our enemy. Now, God has done me the very great favor of expanding my definition of who is my enemy. You know, that question was never asked (laughs) for us in the Gospels. Um, But um, the definition, my current working definition of an enemy is anyone who is inconsiderate of me as a human being. Um, So this includes people who do not let me merge onto the highway. Um, or into traffic. Um, This includes people who never ask, how are you? Um, And if they do ask, they don't really want to know and they don't really want to listen. I'm going to go out there and say that there are quite a few of us who have family members who qualify as enemies. Um, 
I I have quite a few girlfriends who I can I can think of three off the top of my head who are in living situations with their dysfunctional family and they know that their family's dysfunctional and they are working towards leaving. Um but in that case, you know, those family members, those unhealthy living situations, that counts as living with your enemies. Um, and obviously, the obvious enemy are, are people who actually throw stuff at you or spit at you or make snide remarks or talk behind your back or judge you, but they try to be nice to you, but you can tell they're actually judging you. I mean, that's, that's always a really uncomfortable situation. Um, but I, I am, I've recently received (laughs) the word from the Lord to not be intimidated, intimidated by the thoughts of other people. So I'm, I'm working on practicing that and I'm really looking forward to that becoming part of my day-to-day mindset of not letting people's thoughts intimidate me. That's, mm, I'm excited about that. Very much so. So let's talk about the, the, uh, the way that we love our enemies. So we, we've talked about who they are, and um, many of you will probably be sitting across for them quite soon at Thanksgiving, or whenever this podcast releases. Um, so what does it look like to love our enemies? Fortunately, Jesus is designed, designed, described. Yeah, it's, it's midnight here. So my brain might be switching some words in and out. Excuse me. Jesus described loving our enemies very specifically. Pray for them. Show kindness to them and expect nothing. Wow. You talk about uncomfortable. I have trouble praying for my enemies. I have trouble thinking of them as I should. Like, let me tell you something. The inside of my brain, I want to throw stuff and throat punch people. I, my, mm, my subconscious, my default... I get very angry, very angry, and I've, I've come to a place um, in my self-worth and used to, um, if you heard my testimony um, in the podcast, Why Does God Heal Slowly?, you may remember a story I told where I was the victim of a hit-and-run car accident, and I pulled off to the side of the road and I was crying and my first reaction was thinking that it was my fault. That's how much I took responsibility for the actions and behaviors of others. Um, I mean, I've mentioned previously in this very podcast, you know, when we're born, we, we are taught to take responsibility for the consequences that happen when we're a child. And I had grown up taking responsibility for the conflict of my parents' marriage. Like, my parents are still married, praise God, but that is still not healthy. So that bled all the way into my teen years. I was 17, almost 18 years old at that time, 
back in 2005, and I thought that hit-and-run car accident was my responsibility. Fast forward 13 and a half years, when someone doesn't let me merge into traffic, or if someone is riding my bumper and being disrespectful, I get extremely angry to the point of struggling with violent thoughts because I know I am a human being made in the image of God and you are not treating me with the respect that God intended me to have, intended for me to have. I get very angrily and angry and rightfully so because I know that I am made in the image of God. I know my self-worth now in a deeper way. God knows I'll be learning my self-worth in Him till the day I die. But I, in the past 13 plus years, my understanding of my self-worth has exponentially changed. Exponentially. And now I have the opposite struggle of from taking responsibility to wanting to hold others responsible for their actions, appropriately so. And um, it put me blah 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 blah. It puts me in a very difficult situation where I want to hold people accountable for their actions, but unfortunately, human beings are often oblivious of the ramifications of their actions. So, um, there is a particular family member who drives me bonkers, absolutely bonkers. They are completely oblivious to how their actions have affected me, completely oblivious. They are sensitive to things that I have done to them that were not even my fault. Some of them were my fault. Some of them I was oblivious for. Some of them I needed to know that that offended them. But if they didn't tell me, I couldn't know. And I, and I would have taken it the right way. I would have adjusted my behavior. But they're so worked up about their opinions on the way the world should be that they don't realize how they've affected me. And it's been excruciating. Um, And I have finally been able to learn to pray for them by... (laughs) In my mind's eye, I put them on a scale... That weighs them. And that scale is in the hand of God. And I put them there. And I leave them there. And I walk away. And three hours later. When I struggle with the same thought again. I put them there. And I walk away. I put them in the hand of God. And I say Lord. You can weigh their heart. You. Know. God knows. The source of. Of everything. He, we are very predictable creatures. Very predictable. So God knows 
the source of the dysfunction in their heart. He knows all of the trauma and triggers that they have that they may even be oblivious to. We are often oblivious to our own triggers and trauma because when the human mind can't handle something, we block it out. That's how we're made. That's a safety mechanism that we have so that we can continue functioning day by day. Now, does it obviously still affect us? Yes. Yes. PTSD and trauma that is repressed or suppressed or blocked out, it is a well-documented thing. Um, so God knows my, that, that our enemies, when they're oblivious and they're inconsiderate, he knows the source of, of that behavior. He knows all of it. And he is the one who can weigh their actions properly. One of the reasons that I'm glad that God runs the universe is that he has the emotional capacity to both know all and judge all. Right. In the right balance. Because if I knew all of the trauma that happened in the world, or even in one community, I, I would be on the floor. I would, not, I would really struggle to function. And um, w- one of the reasons that counselors need counselors is because they have to work through the, the secondhand trauma the vicarious trauma of helping someone else work through their trauma. And if you've heard my testimony in Why Does God Heal Slowly, you will have heard me emphasize that we have to mourn the things that have happened to us. You know, positive thinking is not going to get us through and get us processing our triggers and our emotional PTSD and all of the complex trauma that, you know, life brings us. So, I am finally able to pray for my enemy by putting them in the hand of God and walking away. (sighs) Showing kindness. Lending. um, I'm I'm blanking on the scripture. I want to say, and I know it's referenced in Luke. Um this particular passage on loving your enemy. Um, But it says to lend and to give and to not expect in return and truly to expect nothing. That... So how how do you practice kindness to someone when, you know, you've tried to go through the Matthew 18 confrontation process, but you've hit a dead end because the person's oblivious and there's no way to confront someone who's oblivious. So you just disassociate, but you still see them as part of life involuntarily associating. So what does kindness look like in that situation? Well, if we are praying for that person appropriately, 
God will show us ways to be thoughtful and kind and others-centered towards them. Scripture tells us to heap coals of fire on our enemy's head. Now, culturally speaking, what that actually meant was that if your fire went out, you know, fire in in ancient times was a very valuable resource and you would want your coals to stay warm overnight so you could restart the fire in the morning. And if your fire went out, you would go to your neighbors and you would ask them for coals to take back to rekindle your fire. So giving coals, putting coals in your enemy's head was a, an act of generosity. And the only way to do that is to pray and beg God for the emotional resources to follow through on that and to be a cheerful giver. And I specifically say emotional resources because it's very easy to give stuff. Um, there is a quote, and I used to think it was Amy Carmichael, but I actually, I don't remember who it is. Um, there is a quote, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And I will make a point to look up who said that and put it in my podcast description so it doesn't go completely unattributed. It is very easy to give stuff. It is very different to give of your heart, to give sacrificially. Um, To do something that takes time and effort and... It affects your budget and the way that you live and the most generous people that God honored in scriptures were those whom the maybe the the quantity was small but the cost to them was great um, there was when Elijah went to the widow He said, you feed me first and then make bread for yourself. And she did. And God provided enough food. He, God made the bread and the multiply, the supplies, the flour and the oil multiply so that they lived through the entire famine for however long. And so that cost her something. That was an act of faith to feed Elijah first and then feed herself and her son. Wow. Now, in proper context, yes, we should be saving up and we should have our own retirement fund. Do not count on Social Security. That is a joke. Proverbs says to save up for the day of trouble. So, yes, have an emergency fund, have a retirement fund. Do not sacrifice those things to give to others. Unless the Lord speaks to you, you know, be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Don't, when God tells you to give something, don't skimp. He is testing you to see how much you trust him for his provision in your life. That is the tithe. That is the importance of the tithe. And really, 
in addition to the tithe we should be giving to our in we should be giving to the poor and to our neighbors and and just being obedient so some people tithe 10% on their gross or their net the before taxes or after taxes and regardless of what the holy spirit has you do you need to be giving in addition to that because that's obedience but at the same time the lord loves a cheerful giver so if you're not going to give with the right attitude don't give go back talk to god first then give get your attitude in the right place what you like it's mm, it's a really important balance of you know do the right thing even though you don't feel like it but also go back to god to help him get your emotions lined up that is constant. That is my life. That is my life. Going to God to get my emotions lined up. It's like going to see the chiropractor, but daily. Or maybe even hourly. I'm just like, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. I'm not thinking rightly about this person right now. If, if I have this attitude towards so-and-so, I'm going to snap or words are going to come out that I regret or an attitude or... Something is going to bleed out and it's going to hurt them and I don't want that. Jesus, help me. The third part about loving our enemies is to expect nothing. Now this is another layer of hard. Expect nothing? Like, okay, when we give a gift to someone... We hope that they're going to just light up with joy and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did this or I can't believe that you knitted this shawl for me or just whatever excitement. And if people don't give you that reaction and you feel disappointed, like, do you take it personally? Because I struggle with that. I definitely struggle with that. I, I want some emotional reciprocation of their enthusiasm. I mean, emotional mirroring is very important to me. It's, I mean, Gary Chapman's five love languages, quality time, gifts, acts of service, physical affection, words of affirmation. Did I remember all of them? I tried to. Um, Those five are wonderful, but separate from that, I need emotional mirroring. I need when I share something with someone that's personal, I want them to get as excited about it as I am. Or I want them to feel that sadness with me. And that is incredibly helpful and validating for me to have someone else feel what I'm feeling with me. It's almost... It's, it's, it's an emotional need that I have. And yeah, it makes me really needy, which kind of stinks, but I'm a high maintenance friend. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, but at least I know it and I'm learning better to expect less from people, expect more and be more realistic in my friendships. And yeah, that's, that's a process. Um, so emotional mirroring is something I I do need and I do expect it a lot. 
Um, and so when you show kindness, when we show kindness to our enemies, do we expect them to change? Do we expect them to like us? Do we expect them to be nice to us in return? All of those are pitfalls that we do cannot afford to fall into. And, um, I'm, I'm working right now on, okay, when I do show kindness to my enemy, God, I need you to help me with whatever their reaction is and whatever it isn't. Lord, help me to know how to make eye contact or where to look so when I do interact so that I don't have to make eye contact or make them uncomfortable or what have you. Lord, show me these things. Very specifically, I'm, I'm begging him because I'm desperate because I know I cannot love them in my own strength. I am inadequate, weak, broken, messed up, high maintenance, all of the things. Very all of the things. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to show kindness and love as God defines it to them. Has nothing to do with feeling affection for them. It was a great day of freedom when I realized that I could love someone without feeling affection. That was absolutely life-changing. Very thankful for that incredibly thankful so now that we've got all that laid out my challenge to you is who are you thinking about right now at the end of this podcast with all the topics we've covered who's the person in your life that you need to do a better job loving Character is revealed by how we serve those who are closest to us. So are you thinking of a parent? Are you thinking of a sibling, a spouse, a child? You know, if you've got kids, I mean, I don't have kids, but one of the things I've heard is that, you know, um, I heard Pastor Ruben Ramsaran say that he had four children and each of them needed a different type of love and if he loved this one the way that that one needed love then they would feel hurt so how are you loving your kids I, I I'm not here to tell you what to do I'm just here to, to volunteer the information and ask the questions you know who is your enemy is there a teacher that drives you up the wall is there a classmate is there a coworker? you know people Oh man, I truly believe that God puts people in our lives and and part of his thought behind it is, oh man, they are going to rub each other the wrong way so bad, but this is going to be so good for them. They're going to learn so much. They're going to make mistakes with each other. This is, but in the long run, this is going to be so good for their character. I, 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 oh man, I did not like having brothers when I was a child. But I'm so thankful I did because they taught me how to relate to logical male thinking. 
And God knows I am blessed with a wonderful, kind, sweet, sensitive, loving, logical male thinker. (laughs) My husband is so logical. If I had not had that beaten into me, metaphorically speaking, if I had not had that drilled into me when I was a young woman in my teens living with my brothers... I'd be a a I'd be that much weaker at showing love to my husband. So one of the ways I show love to my husband is when his ability to process home decor conversation comes to an end, I I finished my sentence because otherwise I feel visually constipated trying to verbalize the interior decor but I finish my sentence and then I'm done because I know he's worn out and I'll I'll sit with him and I'll watch YouTube videos on his favorite video game and he will analyze it and me I just know that Factorio has green circuits and plastic and solar panels and you launch the rocket and you win when you launch the rocket And I love looking at the bots and the belts and all the little things that go into it. It's a beautiful little system and you build it from scratch and it's just, it's just, it's a lovely game. But do I understand the details of it? No, no. And all the ratios of this many copper wire to this much iron for the green circuits, I I can't keep it straight. But I sit with my husband and I watch those YouTube videos with him because... That's time that we spend together, and it's just, it's just no pressure time. It's just chill. It's wonderful. So, um, what is God telling you that you need to do next in this journey? Who is that person, and what do you need to pray for? What emotions do you need to work through? I'm constantly taking my angry, violent emotions to the Lord and saying, please help me right now because I am a messed up, broken human who desperately needs you to love the people around me. My name is Meg. I love my Jesus. And I believe in living inside out. Now it's your turn. Go live it.